When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Expect that so much. I can't wait to say such awful things about Field Yates' golf game. As soon, as soon, Michael Rothstein, as he is off of our airwaves. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. SiriusXM Channel 80. Why are we going to wait until he's off of the airwaves when he joins us at 3.30? I... I want to – no, like we're going to do it while he's – we're going to get a dissection of Field Yates' golf game coming up, 3.30 Eastern ESPN Radio. That Yes, our ESPN NFL insider and analyst and fantasy expert. And in this case, we'll ask him – and we'll we'll get plenty of draft insight and intel as well. That's coming up bottom of the hour here. It is Canteen Carlin. He is Michael Rothstein uh, from the ATL. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Rothstein. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN. You can see me on SportsCenter AM uh, tomorrow morning with another guy who was in this uh this golf event that i come screaming into the studio from um the smell of sunscreen and regret i lost a sleeve of balls played 11 holes that's good for me that's good uh, yeah. and i don't know where talking about your golf game ranks among like nobody wants to hear about your bracket or your fantasy team or your golf game so we'll keep my stuff out of it field can actually play i cannot uh the twitter for the, the handle for the program is at espn radio and again joining the conversation on the cc call online it's 888 say espn 888-729-3776 espn radio is presented by progressive insurance and no amount of insurance mr rothstein as we segue like a mall cop here could have protected not one but two Brooklyn net groins last night from the the pillaging Philadelphia 76ers. That was as old school of an Eastern Conference playoff vibe as I think I've felt watching the NBA maybe in the last five, ten years. Oh, listen, Paul Blart, I get it. Like, (laughs) Bill Beer would be very proud of what he saw last night. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I know. We're we're here all all night, folks. Uh, In all seriousness, that was... That was like old school, like Pistons Bulls, like Pistons Celtics. Uh, And I'd say old school because, Randy, I think both you and I are of the age where we remember that in the late 80s of early 90s of these teams just did not like each other. They went after each other. It was rough. It was tumble. There was blood. There was, you know, elbows and and all of that. And it felt more like that. Uh, The ejection of James Harden felt awful. Like, I just felt like it should not have happened, especially because of the two things that occurred, it was, I think, the more the least egregious of the two. Uh, yeah, it just, it should, I don't think it should have happened, uh, and I think the officials made a mistake there. I'm with you on that. Um, just, again, if you, to the uninitiated, if you've been off of social media for most of the day, if you didn't stay up and watch uh, Game 3 between the Sixers and the Nets, where, by the way, you know, the end result is the secondary story here. Uh, the the Nets are down 0-3. The Sixers are a win away from, from sweeping Brooklyn out of these playoffs. There were two separate occasions last night, and in chronological order, and I feel like that's important, Michael, it goes like this. It was Joel Embiid getting tangled up with Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton had a, a playoff career high 18 points, 
And he and Embiid have a history from the regular season. So Claxton didn't just get an and one over Embiid, but also as he knocked Embiid to the ground, or if you're a Nets fan, as Embiid threw himself to the ground, he tried to step over Embiid. And Embiid didn't just push back on that. He kicked his leg up and he kicked Claxton, uh, you know, in the lower east side. Okay. He got him in the he got him in the bridge and tunnel. All right. He got him in Central Park or Central Perk, you know, depending on 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 your point of reference. He he got him in Midtown. All right. Kicked him right there. The downtown business district is what we're saying. And the all Embiid got for a very clear, very flagrant foul was a flagrant one, not a flagrant two. Later in the game, like a third quarter, James Harden is being guarded well by Royce O'Neal closely on the wing and tries to create space. Now to hear Harden tell it, he didn't hit him in the groin. To hear the NBA referees, especially Tony Brothers who's working that game tell it, he got him in the groin and O'Neal sold it to the point where Harden got a flagrant two, which is an ejection and a review by the league after the fact, as they do for ejections, where now, listen, Draymond Green has already established that your stars, your big names can be suspended in the postseason, right? If you have a history of it. Now, Harden doesn't have Green's history, but that may be why we heard what we heard from Doc Rivers after the game. So we could start anywhere, Michael. I guess from, from, from your perspective, did James Harden deserve to be ejected? I think you've already hinted strongly no. what your answer is. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. He did not. It did not deserve to be ejected. Tony Brothers basically had said that, you know, he felt it rose to a level of being excessive. Nothing I saw that, and they just showed the clip uh, on this just in, actually. Nothing that he did rose to the level of being excessive. It felt to me like James Harden was trying to clear out to make room for himself to drive down the to drive, which we saw. That to me did not feel. No, of all of the things we've seen in these playoffs so far, of stomps and kicks and stepovers, that was not the one that I think should have happened, Randy Scott. I, I, by the way, not to derail this because it fits into it, but why are dudes stomping on each other this playoffs? Is that like a new thing? Is that what's in? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. did I miss that memo? I think disrespect is in. I do, and I'm not trying to sound like an old man, like an old head, get off my yard. I think there were disrespectful things. I'm as big of a Michael Jordan fan as you're going to find. He was disrespectful to Patrick Ewing at times. He was disrespectful to, uh, you know, to Kim Mutombo, right? I mean, he dunked on him and then wagged his finger in his face. Like, disrespect has evolved uh, through the course of the NBA's history, especially, uh, you know, on television and as the game is modernized. But you're right, like, the idea of stepping over a grown man on the ground like, you know what you're exposing there, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And I don't know how Nick Claxton expected Joel Embiid, you know, to react. I don't think he expected a, you know, I don't think he expected a, a, a kick to the, you know, the dumbo. Friendly zone. Right, down under the Manhattan Bridge. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he expected to, a kick to the restricted area. So, uh, but as for Harden, as it pertains to the beard, um, I, there's an issue here where, Harden was adamant post game. Let's hear. You know what? He can say it better than I can. Let's let's fire up. This is James Harden explaining his frustration with the ejection following the flagrant two. 
Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Like unacceptable flagrant too. Like the first time I've been ejected, I'm not labeled as a dirty player. You know what I mean? I didn't hit him in a private area. Um, somebody's draped on you like that defensively. It's just a natural bas- basketball reaction. And I didn't, hit, I don't, I didn't hit him enough, hard enough for him to fall down like that. But for a flagrant two, it's unacceptable. Like this is a playoff game. You've seen around the league things that are much more worse than what, what that play was. Honestly, I don't even think it was a foul on me. But yeah, that's unacceptable. That, that can't happen. Unacceptable can't happen. He doesn't even think it was a foul. Tony Brothers explained it like this. This is where the two uh, views on the situation are so disparate here, Michael. Tony Brothers, talking about Embiid, said the contact was deemed unnecessary and based on the point of contact to the leg, it didn't rise to the level of excessive. I've watched this replay so many times. There is contact with the groin, not the leg, okay, from Embiid. And then for Harden's flagrant two, again, this is the crew chief, Tony Brothers, who says based on the point of contact directly to the groin, it rose to the level of excessive and ejection. To me, there is more objectivity with the strike zone, so to speak, from what Harden did to O'Neal than there is from Embiid to Claxton. Now, we as viewers have the benefit of slowing it down, rewinding it, watching it frame by frame, making it the you know a modern-day historical study with how we're going to look at this. And it does, though, call into question what Jay Will talked about. This is Jay Williams on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max talking about the level of inconsistency with NBA refereeing right now. The inconsistency with referees is killing me and the game. Like, what are we actually doing? Joel Embiid, there was a play, got a flagrant one for literally kicking Nick Claxton. Now, regardless of whether you think that deserves a flagrant two, an injection or not, where is the consistency? Why doesn't he get ejected there? Where is the consistency? James Harden has made this move multiple times before. If you're watching James Harden play basketball, he sometimes gives that little nudge, which it's not like he doesn't maliciously try to hit the guy. It's like his basketball move. He gets ejected for that. And then later in the game, in the fourth, Nick Claxton has a dunk, stares down somebody. Granted, it's his second technical foul, but then he gets called a tech for that. I hate when the referees make it about the referees. That's true. Jay Will yeah. has a point. That's all sports, Michael. It's umpiring. It's NFL referees. It's... Uh, you know, anybody like we're not there. Nobody pays money. Nobody tunes in to watch refereeing. I mean, I'm sure their families do. <laughs> uh, they were honest. Okay, so when the Bears and the Colts uh. played in the Super Bowl, I lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I actually because half of my friends are Bears fans, half of my friends are Colts fans. I was a fan of neither. I did not care. <laughs> I rooted for the officiating in that game. I did. I was Rob Lowe with the NFL hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. But yeah, very rare good. would that case be. I mean, listen, we saw it. I mean, we saw a similar instance, what, t- not even two weeks ago in the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship game where the officials took over that and yeah. everybody was in foul yeah. trouble. Yeah, I think if you're I think if you're the league, if you're the NCAA in that case, if you're the NBA last night and you're looking at social media and you see officials or officiating or refs trending, that's a they, you sound the alarm, you know. You put out the bat signal and you tell the referees to swallow the whistles, and it did not happen uh, last night. We have, let's see here, we have much more. We hear from both coaches, but I'm told we have breaking news. I'm Tom Brokaw. 
Gerald Ford. Do you remember that skit on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> I'm not going to do it because it's disrespectful. Uh, but we have heard now from Doc Rivers. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply today. That's Progressive.com slash careers. Baby, now we got bad luck. And now bodies fall as Claxton was able to finish underneath. Embiid was under the basket as well. There was a collision of bodies. Claxton walked over him. That's going to be flagrant. Harden outside the arc. Oh, he just poked O'Neal, and it's an offensive foul. Royce O'Neal goes to his knees, bent over in some pain. Flagrant foul, penalty two. Oh, Harden is ejected. Wow. Wow. I have no idea what an ejection two is. Because, baby, now we got back. so much i love i love the coaches you know speaking up for their teams fighting for their teams i love taylor swift clearly yeah um, same i also good there. i also think michael that drowning pool like let the bodies hit the floor i think that could have worked because they guys could've. were falling and flopping last night uh in a major way michael rothstein randy scott and for the guys it's canty and carlin on espn radio and the espn app and sirius xm channel 80 i want to start with jacques vaughn because i think what he had to say last night your nets head coach led to what we heard from Doc Rivers. So I'm going to drag the tease, okay, for the breaking news that we just had about how we heard from Doc today. I'm going to drag it just about 20 seconds longer. Here's what Jacques Vaughn had to say last night. Oh, I know my stance hasn't changed. It is the same as yesterday. And uh, I, I am looking forward to um, hearing the league's response. But you know me, I, I'll wait to hear that. And really last night I focused on watching the film and, and getting our dudes ready to uh, get a win on Saturday. Okay, so that's Jacques Vaughn today speaking on the dangerous precedent set uh, by not, I guess, ejecting Embiid, right? I mean, it sounds like he's lobbying for a harsher penalty on what Embiid did. Now, okay, that was kind of laissez-faire because you're down 0-3 in the series. You have other uh, issues at your forefront. This is Doc Rivers. And talking about our last point, Michael, about how inconsistent the officiating has been and about how, you know, all due respect to the friends and family of the officials themselves, like maybe people aren't tuning in to watch them, uh, Bears, your Bears Niners history notwithstanding. <laughs> well, Bears Colts. The Bears Niners oh, cannot play in the Super Bowl. I, Bears Colts here, Randy Scott. I, Bears Colts. I, I Come on know. now. I thought it was just a, a big regular season game growing no, up. No, it was young, the Super Bowl. <laughs> for young Mikey Rothstein. Okay. I was in my 20s, not yes. that young. Oh, okay. All right, fine. But here is Doc Rivers, passionate speaking about NBA officiating. You know, listen, and I'm going to say this, probably shouldn't. Didn't think Draymond should have got suspended. And I think the league is setting up a very dangerous precedent right now. If we're going to start punishing the retaliators and not the instigators, then we got a problem. If I was at a park, and I'm going to make this point, and you stood over me, we're going to have a problem. But these guys know they can do it because they know most likely you can't do anything. I mean, I'm not you know, picking on Claxon, but I don't think at a park you're standing over Joel. You know, but when you got the refs and everybody else there, uh, you know nothing's going to happen. And so to me, and all I'm saying is this, and this is what I'm concerned by, is teams targeting the better players with instigation to get them thrown out. And the better player has to be above and can't retaliate. And so we're asking our stars to turn their heads a whole bunch more than they can at times. So it's a tough one for the league. I think they're in a tough spot. They are in a tough spot, Michael. You hear that from Doc. Your reaction is what? 
my reaction is I'm glad Doc Rivers decided to say something, even though he knows he could possibly get fined for saying it. Uh, I, I guess I just come from the NFL world where you see officiating issues all the time and you just never hear really anyone saying it. And then the second anyone complains about the officiating in the NFL, they get a fine. Like almost immediately, it's like it, you know, it's like there's a a giant red light that goes off at 345 Park Avenue. That's like boom, boom, boom. Find this man. <laughs> uh, the NBA. I like. I, I hope Doc Rivers doesn't get fined for saying that because it needed to get said from the fact of it's clearly something that has affected this series. It's clearly something that is affecting the Golden State Sacramento series. And you don't want this to be a trend throughout the playoffs. Like you said earlier, no one wants to be talking about officiating. I don't want to be talking about it, Randy. You don't want to be talking about it. We want to be talking about what's going on on the court and everything else not in between the players and the coaches, not the guys in the black and white stripes in the NFL or the gray in the NBA. So I'm glad he said something. That's my reaction. And I, I don't, however, agree with him, Randy, I think Draymond should have been suspended. Like, don't do not do that, Draymond Green. You have a history. That's the problem. It starts there. If you're not Draymond Green, you probably maybe don't get suspended. But you, you have a long history of this, Draymond. Like, you have to be on your best behavior. Yeah. No, you do. I mean, you're a habitual line stepper, which is why the James Harden ejection was so stark. Because he doesn't have a reputation necessarily as an instigator, as much as he does no. as a flopper. Like his comments about you know accusing Royce O'Neal of not needing to react the way he did were laughable. Like there are plenty of games, plenty of aspects of Harden's game that probably rub you know neutral fans the wrong way. And his idea of calling somebody else somebody else out uh, for flopping and selling is tremendous. Here's Doc Rivers speaking on that ejection for Harden. James thing was a joke. The first thing with James, I'm still looking for the file. The problem I have with James getting thrown out was there were three officials and at least one to two guys in Secaucus, and that's what they came up with. I, I just can't understand that one. We've played games without Joel. Uh, we've played games with Joel. Uh, we've played games without James and with James, and we come to win. Doesn't matter who's playing. I don't think he'll be suspended, but I've been wrong a hundred times on this one. Uh, I was way wrong on the Draymond thing. So we just have to be ready for whatever. And this is part of the journey. And that's the other part with your team. You're on a journey. We can't write the script. The script is being written in real time. And we have to be able to handle it, and we have to be ready. Okay, we're, we're hanging fast and loose with we because I hear a guy in Doc Rivers sticking up for his player, Embiid, not Harden, Embiid here, because that's the message. It's don't suspend my star for an yeah. obvious under-penalty. Like, he was under-penalized during the game. Embiid was. Embiid should have been ejected. And what the league has a habit of doing, as they did with Draymond Green, is legislating after the fact. Okay, And that's what he is worried about the league doing with Embiid. And I would be too, because you're not worried about Brooklyn. You're worried about who comes next. Yes, without question. However, you hope maybe it's a one-game suspension, and then you lose them in game four, and you can manage that if you're Doc Rivers with the Sixers. You you just can. If anything, maybe it gives Joel Embiid a little bit of rest. That could be helpful. But, (laughs) I mean, it could, right? No, in all seriousness, it really, really could be helpful, especially if Philly were to go on to win that game without Joel Embiid, hard task. Man, I I just sit there, though, and I'm just like, man, like, I don't know if you were the NBA, how you can't suspend. Like, you set the precedent with Draymond. Mm -hmm. Whether you should have or not, 
You set the precedent with Draymond Green, and now if you don't suspend Embiid, I mean, what then? There, then you're looking at selective justice, we'll call it, mm-hmm. off of arbitrary rules to begin with, and that uh, you're gonna, I think, open up a, a bigger problem if you are the NBA if you don't go ahead and suspend Joel Embiid. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying that is kind of the precedent that has set. It is. There's no denying that. And also, let's not lose sight of the fact that the Sixers are up three games to none. They won that game with Embiid in foul trouble and Harden ejected, and they did so in Brooklyn. Uh, Coming up, why does C.J. Stroud seem to be falling in this year's NFL draft? wasn't long ago he seemed like the prohibitive number one pick, and now it is anything but that. He's Michael Rothstein. I'm Randy Scott. In for the guys, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. 
Bryce Young is now minus 1,000 to go first overall. He went ahead and canceled a bunch of his upcoming interviews, so it looks like it's a done deal, him to Carolina. The ability that Anthony Richardson has is so unique. It is so unlike any other quarterback in this class. We're talking about a, a limitless ceiling, and that's what makes you so excited. That's why I think he would go ahead of a Hendon Hooker, ahead of a Will Levis. And if we're sitting there in 10 days and he goes ahead of C.J. Stroud, I'm not going to fall out of my chair and be surprised. You're going to find out. Oh, I've got a very specific Orlando memory with this. But we don't have time to waste right now. He's Mike Rothstein. (laughs) At Mike Rothstein on Twitter. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN. At ESPN Radio for Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, Field Gates, our ESPN NFL insider, has quite frankly, more followers than everybody put together. So we're not going to give his handle. 888-SAY-ESPN is a phone number. 888-729-3776. His field is joining us. Uh, maybe from the Lynx field. Are we out Are we out on the Lynx on this glorious day? Randy, we have relocated to the office. As NFL Live is just 30 minutes away. So we got to give the people what they want, which is some in-studio television. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I was out there, out there with Field. Uh, field was the best dressed Field was the best. Oh, stop it. He was the best from uh, not from T to green, but from uh, wherever the T shot landed to green. That was his. Uh, that was his strike God, zone today. Randy, you are far too I was great on the. Thank you for saying it. I was great on the uh, on the green. My my putting was great. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, but that's not why you're here. Uh, we're we're gonna go ahead and remind people. Check out the latest episode of the first draft podcast with Field Gates and Mel Kiper and Todd McShay. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and to that end, field. Um, as we had the rejoin, we talked about Bryce Young's stock skyrocketing and uh, his position as first overall pick seemingly secured. To what do you attribute the fall uh, for C.J. Stroud? Yeah, Randy, it's an interesting question because I think that every year we sort of battle with one very, I would say, specific uh, and fundamental reality, which is that our perception of where players are going to go is not derived from necessarily where the NFL views them, but rather where we as a draft community views these players. We see it every single season, and the quarterbacks are often the ones that we have the greatest variance on. And you think back to just last year, there were mock drafts in the days leading up to the 2022 NFL draft. It had Malik Willis going second overall to Detroit when people thought that perhaps Jared Goff's time there as a starter needed to be over. Well, Malik Willis didn't go until the third round and By the end of the season, there were some questions about just how much of a foothold he has on the backup quarterback in Tennessee this year, much less the starting job. Meanwhile, Jared Goff is entrenched as a Lions starter for at least one more season. So I think part of why C.J. Stroud's perceived stock is falling is maybe because the NFL was never quite as optimistic on him as the public was. But I'll also note this, Randy. There is a very slippery slope in saying that a player's stock is definitely dropping because it just takes one team. If C.J. Stroud still goes fourth overall this year, none of us are going to be stunned. It also doesn't mean, though, that if somebody besides the Colts had that fourth pick, that C.J. Stroud would definitely be their selection. I feel like to follow up on that, obviously you're talking about C.J. Stroud, but there are four quarterbacks, and maybe five if you include Hendon Hooker, that are being talked about as possible first-round quarterbacks. Of that group, who's the one that might end up having the potential biggest slide? Because personally, I don't think it would be C.J. Stroud. I I think it's one of those other guys. 
I think that, so it's, it's another good question, Mike. And I think probably it's a bit of like, what do you weigh the most? Because if CJ Stroud falls to number eight, he would become an Atlanta Falcon and he would be a player that you would cover on a day-to-day basis, which would be very good, by the way, It'd be cool. And I think that would be good for the, for the Falcons franchise. Um, but that would be perceived as this, as this precipitous drop if he goes all the way to eight when, you know, just a month ago during the days after the Bears-Panthers trade was executed, some thought, oh, he could be the number one overall pick. But that might feel more significant than Will Levis, who, again, I don't know where exactly he ends up. I think there's a real chance he goes in the top five. But if he slides to 16, that's more selections, but it feels to me like there are fewer sort of Will Levis champions in the draft community. And I'm not talking about inside, but I'm talking about outside, like in the public and in the media, than there are CJ Stroud champions. So I guess it's a bit of how you would interpret the fall. But um, I think that all we pretty much know is that Bryce Young is pretty darn secure with where he's going to go. Everything else is a Beautiful mystery to quote. It was Aaron Rodgers who used that one, right? I think it was Rodgers a couple of years ago when he was describing his future. Beautiful mystery is uh, how we describe where my tee shots would go today playing golf. I was going to say my golf game ran. Well done. He's Field Yates, our ESPN NFL insider, uh, joining me, Randy Scott and Michael Rothstein here on uh, ESPN Radio, Canteen Carlin. We're in for the guys. Uh, Field, where do you feel like, because it does kind of feel ominously quiet right now. It feels like business is about to pick up in terms of deals and draft position changing. Where do you feel like the fulcrum, the, 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 the impact point could be felt largest in terms of a team that's open for business and willing to move back? Yeah, Randy, for a long time, I would have told you it's pick number three. As a matter of fact, I think we've done Sports Center segments together talking about what are the Arizona Cardinals going to do at number three. Now I might argue that it's actually one pick sooner than that with the Houston Texans because obviously for a while it felt like we were going to have a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, one-two selection. But now it feels like Houston might be inclined to not take any of the four quarterbacks perceived as the top of the class if that's the case then I think you have to take a long, hard look in the mirror if you're the Texans and say, all right, if we're going to bypass a quarterback, is this the best asset allocation? I'm not debating that, as an example, Will Anderson is an outstanding prospect. He deserves to be in the conversation for a top-five pick. What I'm asking is, is it really the best way to go about utilizing this number-two pick in a quarterback-rich draft? If this were last year, when the quarterback class was extremely weak, it would be a no-brainer to take a Aiden Hutchinson at number two, like the Lions did overall last year. I think Houston, though, is the first inflection point for the draft with the Cardinals at number three right behind them. And then Indianapolis, because Indy, who for many, many, many weeks, it felt like we all thought could be the team that got the short end of the quarterback stick. Maybe they end up settling in pretty nicely, because if a quarterback does not go at number two or number three, Indy may be very content to choose between one of the leftover signal callers. Field Yates can stripe it off the tee, and he can also drop just pearls of wisdom and nuggets of NFL draft intel. What what can't this guy do? Check out the latest episode of the First Draft Podcast with Field Yates and Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. We're going to play again, too. Mike, do you play golf? I, I Yes. I do. <laughs> um, I know I do play, but I used to play, and I, I played a lot and I played in high school and then I stopped playing for a long time because 
it just I, I'm too competitive, Randy, and okay. I you say that like it's a bad thing. Well, because it's something with golf that I stopped playing until the pandemic for a long time because I just didn't want I, I was too competitive and I just was so not good anymore. I mean, I was like terribly, terribly bad, the, like a beginner level bad, and it was painful. Uh, and then in the pandemic, it was one of the only ways to get outside. It was one of the only ways that my friends and I in Michigan at the time where I lived would be able to really hang out. So played a lot of golf. It got a little better. And my dad and I, I would always play with my dad. My dad got me into the game. We play. I beat him for the first time. And that that was uh, the only time. And uh, he may hopefully not call into the show to like protest that, but... <laughs> Uh, that is just kind of where where we were. But yes, that is a long answer for saying, yes, I play golf. I love playing golf. I can't wait to start playing golf again after yeah. I get my knee fixed here in early May. I keep waiting to be, I keep waiting to get good. I keep waiting to get good. That's my thing is I'm, I've been playing since Tiger won the Masters in 97 and I'm awful. I'm getting we, worse. We've clearly annoyed Harry Black if he's playing the Jeopardy music. All right, fine. <laughs> we have a handful a handful, more than four, less than six NFL players who found themselves suspended today. We're going to tell you why next. It's Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to let it breathe. <laughs> Come in. 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. A lot of white guy overbite going on right now in this <laughs> studio. <laughs> it's happening. It is happening. I sit in golf pants in a golf tan line, and I'm I'm just vibing to Blink-182. I, I could not be more of a 40-year-old. Grew up in saw, the suburbs right now. Do you still have the golf glove in your pocket, by the way? No. Or did you took you that out? Okay, took that out. Thank you. Just checking. I did have to just check. Everybody can see Eric and tell. <laughs> I had to lean forward and reach back and see if it was there. Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He is Michael Rothstein. I'm Randy Scott. Uh, the 888-SAY-ESPN is the CC call-in line. That's 888-729-3776. And a reminder here that the NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Knicks host the Cavs, presented by Indeed, Coverage begins at eight, begins rather at eight p.m. Uh, Eastern time on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM channel eighty. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big. I mean, gosh, like anybody can tell, I'm not a big Coachella guy, which feels like a great <laughs> feels like a great entree to a conversation. But I have had such FOMO on TikTok lately, looking at the Coachella videos. Coachella. Yeah, they're not snaps or videos of Blink having to fill in as the headliner for Frank Ocean. So Blink's out there. First time they've played like in front of so many of these people in like nine years. And the crowd was massive. They were swarming the stage and they did all they did all the small things. They did. Damn it. They did. I miss you. They did all like then the things that the crowd knew and knew all the like, um, I don't know, almost like Easter eggs, right? Like they knew yeah. when, when to join it. So it was that was a heck of a rejoin. We didn't even talk about that, Harry. No, we we didn't. That was just that was awesome. I listen. When band when you go to see a band and they play the songs you love, that like that's the whole point. And they play the hits, right? Like they, they tell yeah. us that at, they tell us that here at ESPN Radio when we're talking about things, they tell us that over and over and over again. Play the hits, no matter what it is. Like I went to go see Bruce Springsteen a couple of weeks ago in New York. I took my dad. It was the first time in his 72 years that he had gone to see Bruce Springsteen. It was very exciting. And he was upset because Bruce didn't play one song that he wanted to hear. And oh. he was like, but he was like, why didn't he play his hits? I'm like, he's got like 60 of them. Paul. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> like You can't go to somebody with that sort of discography and that sort of track set list and, and, and hope that you're going to hear. And here's the thing, though. I, I've also heard that Bruce gets tired of playing you know, Badlands or you you know, play Badlands Glory though, Days. You know, like yeah. some of the ones that you want to hear though, that, that you hear at your local bar or whatever, like on the jukebox all the time. Like, sometimes he doesn't want to play that. He wants to play off sure. the beaten path. But for Blink, which, you know, like let's be honest, if you, if you go see Blink, which I'm trying to do, by the way, either at MSG on May 20th or, uh, gosh, the Boston, uh, TD Garden in Boston on uh, on May 21st, my you know, uh, like I, I, I'm trying to do this, um, and I would pay good money to do it. Uh, the songs are so short, man. It's like a two and a half minute song, a three minute yeah. song. If you're there for an hour and a half, you're going to hear pretty much everything that you hope for. The question though becomes, because Tom DeLong is an interesting cat. All right, like first, he doesn't sound exactly the same necessarily, but also this dude's into UFOs. He's into conspiracies. He's been known to sort of just like you know, go on a walkabout and suddenly you can't get a hold of him. So if you have tickets for the current tour early in the tour, I like your chances. I don't know that this thing goes the distance is my point. 
No, I get it, man. I, I now. By the way, May, they're playing May twentieth at the Garden. I may have to go to that too. Yeah, buddy. Because I'll be in New York for that. Like, ooh, the problem that. with having an aging fan base is sometimes you have an aging fan base that suddenly has more money than they did when you yes. were breaking out in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and so these tickets, man. Like, I'm not. Oh, I haven't looked. You're yeah. you're, you're dissuading me from this. <laughs> uh, it's a lot. I mean, no, no, like not to go completely. Like, Shaky Graves is playing in Atlanta this weekend, and they're, nice. they're, it's, but it's a seventy dollar ticket, and I can't go because I'll be on ESPN Radio. Oh, don't don't use us as a smokescreen. I'm if not. I'm just saying. I, 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 but I don't want to pay seventy bucks. That's, <laughs> That's the thing. Seventy, dude. I'm I'm not kidding. At, at Boston Guard, seven hundred bucks. Get in. Seven. Last I checked for Blink, it was seven hundred bucks on Se- May twenty first. Yeah, dynamic pricing. Big wins for the Warriors and Suns, who were dynamic with their scoring last night. We're going to get into it. He is Michael Rothstein. I am Randy Scott. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.